Well, good morning. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's a pretty good prayer today, isn't it? Make me a vessel that, that God would pour through us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but, but my prayer is that. Just my prayer has been that for the longest time now. God, whatever it is that I'm walking through or whatever it is that happens around me, make me a vessel. And we have the opportunity to be a vessel to the world around us. And, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit. I wanted to um, draw your attention to something. O- over here you see there's kind of an empty section. Not the middle one. That's always empty. People just don't want to get spit on. But, um, but or cried on is probably more, uh, more appropriate here. But uh, over here the, is the teen section. And the teens are at ski retreat. So I just wanted us to be thinking of them. Today they're going to be out skiing. So we obviously want safety for them. Uh, but more than that, Today they, should, they will be worshiping together, and, and I'm just reminded of, of the power of God working through events like Ski Retreat. And so I want to pray for them, and, and I'd love for you to join me real quick. Father, I, I pray that you would be with our young people, um, teens from our church, friends of teens from our church, and teens from around our district that are gathering today a little north of us and skiing together, but, but most importantly, worshiping you. I pray that you would speak to our teens. I pray that you would speak to us today, Lord. We know that you're here with us, and that as we gather today, we, we are joining with millions around the world that are worshiping you. And Lord, I just pray that you would speak, and I pray that you'd speak um, just a little north of us to all of the teens from our district. And Lord, help us to become who you created us to be and who you call us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you've had a good week. Today we're continuing in our Tools for Relationships series. And, and this is just all about um, practical guidance, practical tools for us to be in better relationship with each other. And today's, let me just tell you, today's um, scripture can be fairly challenging. It, it can be one that I, I think may step on some of our toes but it's so important for us. And, and let me just remind you of kind of the framework for why we're talking about our relationships with each other. It's because our relationships with each other, our love for others, is directly connected to our love for God. I want to keep saying that because I want you to get it. The relationships you have with each other and with others around you is directly connected to your relationship with God. If you love God, you will love the people around you. If you're not loving the people around you, you're not loving God like you should. And so I want us, just in our, I really want you through this series, it's it's not about anything I'm going to say. I hope that God's Word speaks to you and that we can just grow in the way we relate with each other. And and so today, we've been working through tools. And so I, I, a few months ago, I, I bought a piece of furniture. And it was one of those pieces of furniture that, you know, two boards have to come together, two pieces, and one of them had holes in it, and then there was hardware, there were screws, but the other one, I hate furniture that comes this way, but the other one didn't have holes for the screws to go in, they just had little dimples to show you where to line it up and to put the holes. And so, I'm just going to tell you that when I started putting this together, the only tool I could find was a screwdriver. So I had screws and I had to put them through the first piece and then turn them to create the holes in the second piece to hold them together. Have any of you ever done that before? It is, it is a terrible thing. And it's like 7,000 turns with this screwdriver and you're pushing it and you're turning, your arm gets sore like 
10 seconds in and you have to start switching. And, and so the screwdriver is really not the tool that's meant to help that process go the most smoothly. But then I found, I do own something, there's this tool that God created that I really love, that I got the name of wrong in first service, but I promise you I, I have one and I use it. The drill, the power drill. Listen to this, woo! Does that make anyone feel strong? Have you ever tried to like turn something with a screwdriver and then you pull out one of the drills and all of a sudden it's just like, it's over, right? And so I finally found my drill, got it working, and boom, the project was done almost instantly. But our tool today is not the drill. This is an awesome creation by God, specifically for me and all of the rest of you to save my arms. But, but it's not the drill, because see, the truth is, there is a little piece of this drill that without it, this is pretty much useless. By the way, I want to give some credit. This is Pastor Rick's great illustration. Thank you, Rick. Um, but, but there's this little piece right here. It's called a drill bit. And you can have a power drill, and you can have the screws, and you can have the boards, and you can have it all lined up, but if you don't have the right bit, it's not going to work out very well for you. This thing goes as you have the right drill bit. And so today's, today's tool is the, the drill bit, and, and, and it symbolizes what we're going to be talking about today in James chapter 3. In James 3, um, James, the half-brother of Jesus, talks about a piece of our body that is incredibly important, that, that gives life and power, and even, I mean, a little hint for later, can be destructive. But there's this little piece of our body that is super important. So I want you to stand with me. We're going to be reading James 3, 1 through 12. It's a little bit lengthy, but stand with me and follow along. And let's learn about this tool of the body. Um, James in chapter 3 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest fire is set, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it is itself set on fire by hell. That's not too positive. Don't worry, there's positive today. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise the Lord our Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praising and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not B, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? 
My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. You can have a seat. So this has some pretty heavy, harsh stuff to say about the power of our tongues. So today, I just want you to know there's, there is bad news, but there's really good news as well. So I want to work through this, and I want you to understand that, that the power of your tongue, of your words, is incredibly important in our relationships with each other and our relationship with God. So it starts by saying, not many of you should become teachers because you know you will be judged more strictly. Why is James saying that not many should become teachers? Because our words are incredibly important and they are, as he says later, impossible for us to control. And if we're going to be teachers, we better make sure that our words are right This doesn't just speak to pastors that stand up and preach or teachers in classrooms. This is, I believe this is talking to all of us that we are called to be careful with what we say. I I saw a post this week. It was a a pastor friend of mine who posted and he said, tell me the the craziest things that you have heard a pastor say. All right, go ahead. Why don't you take a second? This will be fun. Why don't you take a second with someone near you and tell them the craziest thing you've ever heard a pastor or a teacher say. Go ahead. Take some time. It's, pro- you know, it's probably not something I've said, right? I'm confident in that. This post, I mean, this pastor posted, said, tell me the craziest thing you've heard a pastor say, and there were like 100, 200 comments within like an hour. I mean, pastors say some crazy stuff, right? In fact, one one of the things I really loved about it was there was a wife of a pastor that got on there and said, I'm sure my husband is going to have a bunch of posts about him right here, and he did. He had like three or four people that posted crazy things he had said, but but... Reading through those comments, which was really fun, it just reminded me of the power when we speak to each other. And there were people that that shared funny things, and there were people that shared really serious things that, that pastors had said that had hurt them or led them astray. And there were people that said, you know, this pastor said this, and I haven't gone to church since. Or this pastor said this, and that was the last time I was ever gonna step foot in that church. Our words have a lot of power. And I don't say that to like puff me or anyone else up. I say that, and James doesn't either. James says it because it's important that we make sure our words speak truth. Let me me tell you something that I am more and more convicted about every day. That as a preacher, it is more important for me to tell you what God's word says than what I think. You don't need to know what I, my, what I think is not that important. What God's word says is what matters. And so I have the opportunity, the challenge, the responsibility to communicate God's word to you. And we have the opportunity, the challenge, the responsibility to communicate God's word with each other. So, so I want you to get this right now. Our words are the most powerful tool we possess. Some of you are are pretty strong 
Some of you have, have big muscles. Listen, the most powerful tool you have is your words. They can create life and they can destroy. That we're going to talk about that here in a minute. So, so James says it's so important that you be careful what you say. And so here's where I want to tie it to the whole building concept and the tools. We, as followers of Christ, are called to build the kingdom of God. It is our job to share the hope and the love of Christ with others and to build the kingdom. How do we do that? We do that through our relationships with each other, with the world around us, and the most powerful tool we have in our relationships is our words. So I hope you're getting this. Your words are powerful for good and for bad. James goes on and says, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. I, this is something that um, my dad growing up, and I don't, I'm not saying this to brag, but like my, I had such a wonderful dad. He was our previous pastor here. And, and in the course of growing up, I don't ever remember my dad saying something mean or nasty towards someone else. I don't, I mean, I'm telling you, I lived at the house for 18, 19 years, and I never remember my dad saying anything that was negative or nasty about other people. He had great control over what he says. This says if you can control what you say, you can control your body. In other words, let me say this, one of the best barometers of your faith is your words. If you can't control what's coming out of your mouth, there's a pretty good chance you can't control the actions you take or what your body is doing. And so our words are so important, and, and that should be, listen, as followers of Christ, your words are vital. Verse 3 says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. I'm going to stop right there. So there's, there's several examples that James gives us here in this text, and, and he's trying to communicate two main things about the tongue. And the first thing is this. He talks about horses and that when we put bits in the mouths of horses, we can turn the animal or the, that ships, these great big ships are steered by these little rudders. This, in the same way, our tongues, this small part of our body, can control how our lives go. So um, this is just something fun. I'm, I'm gonna, Valentine's um, was, was last week. So I'm gonna give you some bad marriage advice from Pastor Alex, okay? Every once in a while, I like to have fun. And so every once in a while, I'll, I'll come into the room and, and Megan's gotten ready and we've got a big event or something going on. And, and I want you to get this picture of how words can control things, okay? So I'll walk into the room and Megan's gotten ready. And, and just for fun, I look at her and I say, you're going to wear that? Totally joking. <laughs> totally, you know how that works out for me? Not great. You know what immediately happens? Is there something wrong with it? Is, what's, you know, no, I love it. I was just totally joking. Your words can control how other people feel, how they act, and where you sleep at night, right? <laughs> Your words have control. 
And, and, and it's just like this tool, you know, th this powerful tool that can make a job so easy is really dictated by this small piece, this drill bit. If you get the wrong drill bit, this isn't going to help you one bit. In fact, we're going to see in a second, it can, it can make huge problems. But if you get the right drill bit into this, and you take those pieces, one of my favorite things, is, and I don't know if, if you guys have put things together, one of my favorite things is when you have two pieces of furniture and you're putting them together and you put the screw in and, and they're kind of far apart and then as you drill it in, that screw in, it pulls everything tightly together. I love that feeling. Do you guys love that feeling? Like when it comes together perfectly, the right drill bit, the right words, have a huge impact on our relationships. And, and so our words have the ability to direct our lives. Let me ask you a question. Who do you like being around? Who do you like being around? Not you don't have to shout out names, but it, it's cool if you want to, especially if it's me. Um, who do you like being around? You like being around positive people, don't you? We like to be around people that, that speak positively. They're all, there's this one pastor that I know, and, and listen, I'm not like best friends with him or anything, but he's a pastor up in Goshen, Indiana. His name is Tim Fisher. And I love being around him because the words he speaks, they're so, they're so positive. He's just fun. I mean, when you're around him, you're laughing. Who do you not like being around? The sour grapes, right? Every once in a while, like I'm, I'm just in my house and I'm just hearing negativity and and ugliness, and I'm just like, Megan, stop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the boys. <laughs> I'm really trying to get myself in trouble today. <laughs> no, but I mean, sometimes the kids are just sitting there, and it's just like everything is, is a challenge, and everything's negative, and I don't want to do that, and I don't want to eat that, and why do I have to go there? And it's like, guys, life is good. Chill out. Like, it, there's, it's no, like the people you want to be around are the people that speak positive life. The people you don't want to be around are the people that speak negativity. But let me turn this, let me turn this around. I can tell you that the best times of my life, life are the times when I am speaking positive and life and encouragement to others. The times that I find the hardest are when I'm in a bad mood and I'm speaking negative. I'm criticizing or worrying or my life is directed by the things that I say. And as Christians, let me just say this, as followers of Christ, we are called to give life through our words. I want you to hear that again. As Christians, we are called to be life-giving through our mouths. What we say should bring others to know and love Christ and should build the kingdom. That's who we're called to be. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing with your words? How are you doing? Are you life-giving or the second thing that he talks about? Which is our words can have very negative consequences. Back in verse 5, it says, Consider what a great forest fire is, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the body parts. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. So, so your tongue has the ability to direct in positive ways, but your tongue also has the ability to create destruction. 
to destroy things, to destroy relationships. Your tongue has the ability to destroy. There's the saying that we all learned as kids. Go ahead and say it to me. Come on, what's the saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Is there a bigger lie in the world than that? Words hurt. In fact, I want you to think, you don't have to share this with anyone, but I want you to think right now, I'll bet every single one of us can think of some words that somebody else said to us in the past, maybe years ago, that hurt us deeply, that we still remember. Can you think of something like that? Uh, in high school, um, I, basketball, like I played basketball every single day. I went over to the gym and shot baskets for hours. And basketball, like my dream was to play college basketball. And, and my life, I mean, I, my life didn't all revolve around basketball, but basketball was like my biggest passion. And in high school, um, I was on the, the, the basketball team at the school. And, and listen, I wasn't the best player in the world. I'm not a great, great basketball player, but but like I was our second leading scorer and I was one of our better shooters and all this stuff. And so my coach decided that, that as the season went on, he wanted to meet with each individual player and he wanted to tell each of us what we did well and what we should do more of. His goal was to help us become better basketball players. And so he met with my friend Steve, who was our best player, and he said, you know, do whatever you want, just shoot the ball more, you're awesome. And he met with some other guys and said, you're really good at this, do this. And he pulls me in and sits me down, and he says, listen, I only want you to shoot the ball when you're standing right here in the short corner. Anywhere else, don't shoot the ball, just right here. Now, do you know what? for a kid that grew up his whole life pretending to be Shaquille O'Neal and practicing basketball, do you know what it does? You know what it did to me to hear him say, your only value is to stand there and shoot in that one spot? It killed me. I'm, let me tell you this. Like There was a day after I graduated college, I was a youth pastor in South Carolina, and one night I woke up, and the words that that coach had said to me were so hurtful that I couldn't sleep seven years later because of the hurtful things he had said about basketball. That's dumb, isn't it? But it's true. We can all think of words that people have spoken to us that have destroyed. Listen, if you put the wrong drill bit in this thing and you try to do the job, there's two things that can happen that are really bad. Number one, it can strip the screw. And once you strip the screw, what happens? It's unusable. Then you got to go to the hardware store and go through those little bins and find the right one. If you use the wrong drill bit, it can ruin your job. The other thing that can happen is, is when you're drilling it in, if you got the wrong drill bit, you're pressing too hard, you're working too hard at it, and what, instead of those boards coming together perfectly, what happens? They split. And then the whole thing's ruined. Listen, our words can be positive and direct and make our relationships better, but they also have the ability to destroy. And I'll bet each and every one of us can remember times that, that we felt pain carried pain. You're, listen to a few things I want to say. I want to turn this around to you because, because it's not just what other people say to us that can hurt, that can cause problems, but James says the tongue is like a small spark that can create a forest fire, a great forest fire of destruction. 
See, our words, if other people's words stick with us and hurt us and destroy us, our words have the same power. Your words can scar people for years, maybe even for life. Your words can push people away from God's kingdom. You as Christians, if you're not careful with what you say, your words can actually push people away from God's kingdom. There are people all over our communities and our world that say, I don't want anything to do with God because of what those Christians said and did. Our words can be destructive And not just that, he says this fire that's out of control, it it goes on and it says, um, it it goes on and it says that that, um, it corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Not only can your words be destructive towards others, they they can mess up your whole life. Have you ever said something that just turned into a great fire that you couldn't control and damaged relationships? Maybe even, I mean, in today's culture, if you're not careful with what you say, your job, your life, I mean, you have to be careful with what you say. So, so how are we doing with our words? I want to go on and I want to give you the bad news and the good news. So verse 7, James says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So let me give you the bad news right now. You cannot, on your own power, control your tongue. It is, it is impossible. You would have a better chance of taming a lion than taming your tongue in your own power. That's the bad news. We cannot control our tongues. He goes on in verse 9 and says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Listen, if you praise the Lord today and then you go out and you curse other people, you speak negatively, hatefully, slanderous, gossiping towards other people, that's not worship. That's not holiness. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. What James is saying is, we can't praise God and hurt others with our words. If we're praising God but hurting others, we're not really worshiping God. We're not really serving God. He goes on and says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Listen to me. We cannot be God's holy people with unholy words. I want you to hear this again. This is too important. You cannot be the person that God created you to be. You cannot be the follower of Christ that God has for you to be if your words are hurtful and destructive to others. They don't mix. It's like an olive tree or fig tree trying to, to bring olives. It doesn't work. 
So he gives us these pictures. He says a freshwater and saltwater spring, they, they can't exist together. If, if you put freshwater into the saltwater, it just becomes saltwater. And he says a, a fig tree cannot bear olives and a grapevine can't bear figs. See, I read this cool thing. A fig tree cannot produce olives. It's not an olive tree. It's a fig tree. So I read this. This was in the Enduring Word commentary. It says, you can label a fig tree an olive tree, and it will not make it an olive tree. You can trim a fig tree to look like an olive tree, and it will not make it an olive tree. You can treat a fig tree like an olive tree, and that will not make it an olive tree. You can surround a fig tree with other olive trees, will not make it an olive tree. And you can transplant, this is is good, you can transplant that fig tree to the Mount of Olives, that does not make it an olive tree. See, the truth is, A fig tree can only produce olives if it is recreated as an olive tree. It it can't happen. The bad news is we can't control our tongues, but let me tell you the good news today. We are not like the fig tree. See, we can be transformed and renewed. We, what, what do we say when we accept the salvation of Christ? When God, when God comes into our heart, we say we are born again. We are made new. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. See, the good news is this. On your own, you can't control your mouth, your tongue, which is such a powerful tool, such a, such a great or destructive tool. On your own, you can't control it. The good news is this. Through the work of Jesus Christ, on the cross, through the salvation of Jesus Christ, you can be made new. And through the Holy Spirit, our words can be controlled, can be changed. But let me say this to you, and I'm, I, I don't mean to joke about this, but uh, you know, sometimes church people can be negative. We don't have to be that. Sometimes church people can complain and gossip We don't have to be that. In fact, that's not who we're called to be. We are called to be life-giving. And through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living in us, we can be transformed in our words and our mouths. This untamable beast can be tamed. And we can speak life and fresh water. We can be changed as we're transformed into Christ-likeness, our tongues are transformed into springs of life. So today, I, I want you to hear this. We're talking about tools for relationships. Your words have a huge impact on your life, the lives around you, your relationships, and the kingdom. The good news today is this. God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak words that give life. Is that what you want? Do any of you want to be negative? Do you want to walk around and, and, you know, start fires? Or do you want to be someone who gives life, who builds the kingdom through what you say? So, so here's what we're going to do. In a minute, I'm going to pray for us. But first, I want you to see on the backs of the chairs, some of you, when you walked in, you said, why in the world is there a piece of duct tape on the chair in front of you, in front of me? I want you to take that piece of duct tape in your hand. Go ahead, find one. If there's not one in front of you, find one. There should be somewhere close. 
help them out if, if there's someone around you at home. I know we didn't come into your house and put duct tape on your chairs, but find some. This is what I want you to do. This is not to put on the person next to you's mouth, okay? It's not even to put on yours. This is what we want you to do. I want you to understand the power that your words have. And so, so we want you to take that piece of tape and we want you to put it somewhere, maybe a sleeve, maybe on your arm, maybe on, uh, maybe on the back of your phone. I want you to put it somewhere that you can carry it out with you. See, the, the duct tape is not to silence you because God's will is not for us all to be silenced. God's will is for us to speak truth and life into the world around us. So the duct tape is just to remind you of the power of your words. So I want you to put that somewhere, and as you go, I want you to understand that God is calling you this week to not have a tongue that's full of evil, not have a tongue that's gonna ruin everything around you, but to have a mouth that speaks life and truth, to build our relationships, to build the kingdom through what we say. So put that somewhere important. And now I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for each person that's here. And I thank you, Lord, that even though I, in my own power, cannot control this powerful thing you've given me called the tongue. Lord, I, I've, I can try and try, but in my power, I can't do it. Lord, I thank you that we're not left to our own power. I thank you that we're not left like people with a screwdriver trying to make holes turning 7,000 times, but that, that you, Lord, want to transform us and you want to you change our words and our lives so that we could be a spring of life, that we could build your kingdom. So I want to pray for each person in here, Lord. I know that when we walk out of here, there will be temptations. I know that when we walk out of here, people will do things that may hurt us. We may see things that we we are tempted to speak negatively about. We may have difficult circumstances. I wanna pray for each person in here, Lord, that as we go, your spirit would transform our words. And that this week, the people sitting in this room, the people watching online, I pray that each and every one of us would be a spring of life and hope and truth and love to the world around us. Lord, I pray that we would build a beautiful kingdom your king, that you would build a beautiful kingdom through us and that our words would be pleasing to you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.